hope Big Ben has a big year. Because the national media... Wait, got to get this drum fill in. There you go, that's Charlie. I just hope Big Ben has a big year. Because the national media hates on Ben. And can't wait to hate on him some more. Because the local fans, you guys, you can't wait to blame Big Ben. And while I have my doubts about Ben's age, and I have my doubts about Ben's elbow, and I have my doubts about Ben's deep ball, and I have my doubts about Ben's durability over the course of a 17-game season, I have zero doubt about Ben's heart. Ben Roethlisberger has the heart of a champion. Ben's just got the offensive line of an arena football team. But Pittsburgh, you need to rally around Ben because this is very likely your last look at the guy. Because if it weren't for Ben, you'd still be stuck on four Super Bowls. You'd all still be waiting for the next Bradshaw. But you got Ben, who's better than Bradshaw, and you got two more rings. Show some gratitude. Or how about we just bring Duck back? What do you think? This segment brought to you by 84 Lumber and by Armstrong, keeping you connected. Better late than never. It's time now for the Bucko Roundup. The Pirates beat Arizona last night 6-5, to five, so the Diamondbacks are one team that might suck worse. Gregory Polanco came back from the dead and went 0-4, so waving him didn't help because he just kept waving his bat at the ball. Get it? Chad Cool is now in the bullpen. That's the latest brilliant idea. David Bednar got a save, the pitcher from Mars. After his postgame interview was over, he yelled out, Go Planets. Dude, you're living the dream. I get it. High school's over. You graduated, I guess. The Pirates in Arizona play against each other again tonight at PNC Park. Good tickets are still available. And that is the Bucko Roundup for August 24th, 2021. As I mentioned earlier, Gregory Polanco did totally clear waivers. But he's still on the team. He just won't go away. Uh, I'm going to talk about this more next segment. We've got to find a way to make this show more fun. Not just today's show, but moving forward, the show in general. Got to find a way. Let's go to Cody in Pittsburgh. Cody, you're on with Double M. What's up, Double M? What's up? Hey, I was just wondering, do you think Pittsburgh's going to eventually retire Flurry and uh, LeTang's number as well? No. No. Nope. It's going to be uh, Sid, Mario, uh, Malkin, and Yager, four heads on Mount Rushmore. And while I love Flower and Latang, I don't think they're quite in the class. Thank you for the call. And if they had it to do over again, they wouldn't have retired Michelle Briere's number 21. For those who don't know, Michelle Briere played one year for the Penguins, 1969-70. He was a very promising rookie from Quebec who had a real good rookie season and a great playoff that year, but then he got in a car wreck and eventually died from the injury sustained. And they retired as number 21 in, I don't want to say a knee-jerk reaction because it was such a tragic situation and he was a great player and by all accounts a great guy, but I think if they had it to do over again, they probably would not. Let's go to Eric in Toledo. Eric, you're on with Double M. Actually, you just answered my question, Mark. That last guy who called, I was going to ask you about Flurry and Latang, possibly. So we'll get, skip ahead to my second question I had for you. Looking at the Steelers' backfield, I keep Balazs 
uh, behind Najee. And then do you, do you think they cut either Samuels or Snell, or do you think they hang on to all four of those guys? Well, I think McFarland's probably the number two back, don't you? Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah, I, I would yeah, think I McFarland think, I think and Belage. I, I don't know. I mean, Snell's really proven nothing. Samuels is a bum. I would keep just three backs. You can really? always, don't you think you can always go out and get another yeah. back if all three backs get hurt? Yeah. If all three yeah. backs get hurt, you're down to Snell anyway. You're screwed. Period. So yep. just, you know, I would just keep three backs, and they would be Najee, Belage, and, and McFarland. McFarland. And only because I like pronouncing Belage's name. That, that sounds like something you'd order <laughs> in a fancy French restaurant. I'll have the Belage. That does, doesn't it? Yeah. You know what, right, you, Mark, you, know what, you know what him and his wife call it when they bring another woman into the bedroom? A balage a trois. Oh, yeah. I'm not even sure if he's married. Let's go to Nick in Westmoreland. Nick, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking the call. Hey, I have two real simple questions. Uh, one, is uh, the quarterback the most important player on a football team? Yes, obviously. Second, is Ben the greatest quarterback the Steelers have ever had? Boy, we're going back to Talk Radio 101. Yes, I believe so, although you could make a strong argument here's, for Terry Bradshaw and one which would, I would not contest if you were committed to it. And here's the third question. Should Ben's number then be retired upon his retirement? They didn't retire Bradshaw. As the greatest player. They didn't retire, as the greatest player. He, they, didn't, he, they didn't retire Bradshaw's. But he's better than Bradshaw. Okay, they, they have two retired numbers. Ernie Stotner, who's the throwback guy they retired way back when, and Mean Joe Green, who's the greatest stealer ever. Mean Joe Green started. Mean Joe Green started it all. He was the first great player on arguably the greatest team of all time. Mean Joe Green started it all. All right. So your argument would be no, then. My argument is I don't care at all. <laughs> that makes <laughs> no, that's it probably really, true. That makes it. I mean, I, I've never cared about retired numbers. I, I think, I think they should be absolutely elite if you choose to pursue them, if your team chooses to do that. But some teams, like I said yesterday, the Montreal Canadiens, they have like a bunch of numbers out there in their 70s, 80s, 90s, because they've retired all the single-digit numbers. Well, all but two. And uh, what team was it? The Yankees have retired all the single-digit numbers, literally all the single-digit numbers. So you shouldn't be the greatest player at your position on your team. You need to be the greatest player. We should do whatever you think they should do. We should do whatever you think they should do. Yeah. Good argument. You've won me over. Thank you for the call. I like my new policy. It's a way to get rid of goofs. Just agree. You're right. You're right. Totally right. 100% right. 412-333-WXDX. Does anyone care to guess what my new exciting project's going to be? I can't tell you. I'm sworn to secrecy. You can guess on Twitter. Don't call and guess, but you can guess on Twitter. I will not confirm. No, I won't be working for AEW. Somebody guessed that already. I do miss wrestling, though. I do miss it. No question. That visiting with some of the some of the the guys and gals a couple weeks back that really has made me miss it. But those days are long since past. What's the deal with this milk crate challenge? What you stack up milk crates, then you climb them. How about we have the dumbass challenge, where you just do stuff that makes you look like a dumbass? My God. These people are just climbing these milk crates, falling all over the place. I hope somebody gets hurt doing it, That, like a football player, a wrestler, 
Oh, the wrestlers, boy, the bumps they take, the milk crate challenges, is far, far less risk. You know, it's funny because um, I, I want to talk wrestling very briefly. But the the SummerSlam pay-per-view for WWE did great numbers, great business, a lot of exposure. Didn't sell out Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, but sold a lot of tickets. Okay, and people are saying, well, see, they put AEW in its place. Let me say something to somebody who was there back in the mid-90s working for WCW. The first thing that happened when WCW took over and beat WWE in the ratings for 83 weeks on Monday night and was a legitimate competitor for far longer than that on either side of those 83 weeks. Every time something happened on Nitro that people talked about, WWE pointed at attendance and TV ratings and pay-per-view buys and this guy, that guy, the other guy, this event, that event, the other event. But they ignored that we had captured the buzz, that we were the promotion the fans were talking about. Maybe they were watching both, but they were talking about us. AEW has that buzz now. What that avails itself to, I do not know. These are different times with different ways of evaluating success in any entertainment business. But AEW right now is the buzzworthy promotion, just like WCW in 1996. And that was the last time that happened. 412-333-WXDX. In just a minute, we're going to talk about ways to try and make the show more fun. If you've got any ideas on how to try to make the show more fun, dial 412-333-WXDX. From the Century 3 Chevrolet Traffic Center. Heavy on the Parkway East, inbound Edgewood Swissvale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, then jamming 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt. Wait a minute, prostitution's illegal? DX at 105.9. Just unerring. Just unerring. I can't think of a better thing to say. And if you think they always get it right in recording, you're wrong. But Charlie Watts always did. You know, I was thinking we played Bronze Sugar for one of the opens today's show. And, uh, you know, a few years back, I think it was when the Stones played the Super Bowl, which has to be 20 years ago now, right? Mick cleaned up the lyrics to Bronze Sugar. Because there's some, you know, that, that song's about a slave ship docking in New Orleans. And Mick cleaned up the lyrics a lot then, and he's cleaned it up ever since. But that's funny when the Rolling Stones clean things up, because they used to be the group that never cleaned it up. They were the anti-Beatles back then. Uh, Johnny Marr who's a singer of some repute, he just tweeted, aside from being a unique musician, Charlie Watts managed to remain completely classy throughout the whole of the Rolling Stones' career. Quite an achievement. That's true. I don't think Charlie ever got arrested. Keith certainly did. Mick had some anxious moments. Uh, we've got to find a way to make the show more fun. Because I am, I've become... No question. I am a miserable old man. 
So since I'm off till Labor Day after today, I will be doing nothing between now and then but trying to think of ways to make the show more fun. That's between drinking and gambling and whoring and eating in fancy restaurants and seeing the Beach Boys kiss Guns N' Roses and Greta Van Fleet and watching porn on the internet and maybe some wrestling too. But besides that, though, from now until I return to the air, I will be thinking of nothing but ways to make the show more fun. Gotta have fun. Let the kids have fun. But if you have any suggestions, please call now, 412-333-WXDX. I also posted my schedule for stealing viewing parties at the X website. I go to a bar. I watch the Steeler game. People talk to me. It's not that complicated. I still have two open dates if anyone is interested. Now, I charge a lot. I eat and drink a lot. But I'm accessible and friendly, and a good time is had by all. So check it out at the X website. Nobody with a good guess for what my my upcoming big project is. Oh, here's a good guess, though, helping to write Dr. Britt Baker's autobiography. First off, John, it's Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And I think she's a little young and early in her career to have an autobiography, don't you? She's 30, but someday. Let's go to LaShonda in Terenum. Welcome back to the program, LaShonda. Hey, Mr. Madden, how you doing? Good, how you doing? You know what? I had an idea. I know that you have a walk-up song for the Hebrew Hammer. I was going to suggest one for me. In memoriam for Charlie Watts, I want brown sugar as my walk-up song to this show. I just told you, LaShawn, that Mick was, you know, cleaning brown sugar up. I mean, and I don't have a walk-up song for Hebrew Hammer either. What, I mean, what gave you that impression? Oh, well, last time I called, he was on before me, and he said, thanks for the walk-up song. But that's neither here nor there. Right. Uh, I was calling in because you were talking about these challenges, the crate climbing and all that. I think that we need more of these challenges to bring out all the dumbasses. That way, Charles Darwin's theory that the circle of life will prevail, well, we can watch that. And these people can do their face plants off of these crates and bust their teeth open. And maybe our species will be a little bit more smarter once we kill off some of these dumbasses. Well, Shonda, I could not possibly put it any better. I may yet give you walk-up music. I may yet play Brown Sugar. And please join me right now, LaShonda. I'll do it once you jump in. I say, yeah, 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 woo! Give me one, LaShonda. I say, yeah, How can yeah. How so good, yeah? Woo! Brown Sugar! Let's go to Matthew in Murraysville. Matthew, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. It's always uh, good to get a chance to talk to you. Uh, so as far as your suggestion for making the show more fun, uh, I'll be honest, I, I enjoy the show more when you don't really talk about sports. I like it when you talk about music. I know you don't want to talk about wrestling too much because it's so niche, but I enjoy that as well. So more topics that aren't sports, especially during the dog days of the summer when the Pirates are usually terrible. Usually? <laughs> yes. Every yeah, year. well, bro, that's easier said than done, though. You know, because you don't want to lose your audience. I don't know. I don't know. Two years and seven months. That I do know. That I do know. Well, I just uh, love the show, Mark. Thank you for the call. Here's some hot sports news. Steelers made a few cuts. Antoine Brooks Jr. cut. Technically waived slash injured. He was supposed to be the slot corner when camp opened, but... You know what ability he did not have? Availability. Hurt too much. 
And it wasn't like he was, you know, written in stone. Needless to say, he just got cut. But Antoine Brooks Jr. cut by the Steelers just moments ago. Wow, and they only had to cut five players today. That's it. That's it. They just, they've had enough of him being hurt, or maybe he's hurt worse than, I mean, he was a sixth-round pick just a year ago. Wow. I mean, I can't say that's a bad move, because let's face it, who the frig knows if Antoine Brooks is any good or not, but still a bit of a surprise cut. Let's go to Jason in North Hills. Jason, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Um, yeah, I was calling about possibly making the show a little more fun. One of the uh, things I was thinking about was if you possibly either did a segment or maybe um, let people apply and did like a regular Joe or a up-and-comer where maybe like kids that are in school for journalism or people like myself in school for journalism. or No, no. The minute you brought yourself into what, do you go to school for journalism? Yeah. Where? Duquesne. Oh, God, so did I. Guess what I learned there? Zilch, zip, nada, not a thing. I learned how to run hockey tournaments. Well, that's why I'm saying you should let somebody co-host or let people apply. No, never. I want the business to die with me. The minute I'm off the air, I want Stone Temple Pilots to take their place on the rightful 3 to 6 p.m. throne. The hell with Crowley. Crowley wants to be on the X after I'm done. Let him start a band. (laughs) All right. Thank you for the call. Then again, when he comes on the show and sings, it just it ruins everything. I hope he's not going to sing tomorrow. 412-333-WXDX. Stan Saver next here on 105.9. A few clouds tonight dropping down to 69 degrees for our Wednesday. A mix of sun and clouds, maybe a stray shower in the afternoon. Look for a high of 91. Always great to hear from the lady callers. DX at 105.9. Double M on the X joining me now. He is the godfather of the Pittsburgh Sports Talk Media. He is Stan Saverin. Stan, Antoine Brooks Jr. got cut today. He went from being the next Mike Hilton to being hurt all the time to being cut. I'm not saying it's a surprise, but, boy, opportunity blown. Uh, It sure is, and uh, I'm a little surprised only because of his uh, injury issues. Uh, It's one of those things where you you can always wave him injured, then they reach a settlement, so on and so forth. and it just it tells you that either A, the injury is going to be longer term than they thought, or B, that he had largely disappointed and that they feel they're better off, uh, you know, with one of the other guys, Millette, if he gets healthy, um, or even if they have to, then James Pierre has been good, at least in camp and in exhibitions. And that's what they decided to do is to move Sutton inside when necessary. Stan. I feel like the Steelers are going to win at Buffalo in week one. Are you with me? Because I'm fired up. I think the Bills are kind of stumbling. <laughs> no, come on, Stan. Get with me here. They're kind of having a messy camp with the COVID, the anti-vaxxers, and the Steelers have had a good camp, so I'm saying 1-0. and How about you? All right. Uh, I can't go that far. Uh, uh, can, I, can I take a rain check and wait until the week before? Um, I don't. Stan, I it's not going to look any up. better between now and then. You either got to believe or not. Okay, I'm, I don't believe in game one. Uh, I just, I just don't think they're a good, they're a good match uh, up against Buffalo. The style that Buffalo plays, at least in the past, it just hasn't fit their style. Um, on the road, it's a tough place to play. I mean, they could sneak up on them. I mean, I think everybody is underestimating the Steelers. Uh, I know you think that maybe they're going to be a little bit better than some of us thought. Buffalo was one of the tougher games on the schedule, uh, and. I do think they're going to be better than a lot of people are predicting, but that doesn't mean 
uh, I'm going off the deep end and predicting they're going to win the division. Well, I no, Stan, it's saying, worth noting. You can be a good team and miss the playoffs. I think people think, like, yeah. if you don't make the playoffs, you stink. Plenty of good teams miss the playoffs. Um, absolutely. And now with the extra game, I mean, it gives more people an opportunity to hang in there until the very end. Um, I, I still think that the Steelers uh, are, are a wild card team. Uh, I think it, it goes it goes well. Um, they're one of the favorites to win a wild card. I mean, I don't see him winning the division, uh, but I could see him finishing ahead of Baltimore. I think Cleveland is for real. Um, I, I I don't think Baltimore is. That doesn't mean I don't think Baltimore is a playoff team, but I don't think Baltimore is the team to fear in the division, at least not mostly. Stan, what have you liked most about the Steelers preseason? I've said there's cause for guarded optimism. Uh, I, I would guess you agree, but specifically why? Uh, the way the thing that impressed me mostly about in Ben's case, his performance on Saturday night was he seems to have adapted beautifully to the offense. Um, he seems to be totally in sync with what it is they're trying to do. He seems to be, you know, comfortable um, with that offense. He seems to fit right in, understand uh, what it is they're trying to do. And then physically, um, we've seen him with a little half rollout a little bootleg, you know, nothing drastic. He's not trying to be Lamar Jackson, but I do think that he looks comfortable uh, in that offense. Uh, the offensive line, of course, is a question mark, five of them, uh, actually, but I, I still cling to this, Mark. Um, I cannot see that this offensive line, as constructed, will be worse than last year when it was absolutely untenable. Um, I, I also like, uh, I, I think, I would say that this roster, I mean, overall, uh, the depth, the backups, which was always a concern, is less a concern now. There are some issues. There are no perfect teams. But I think that this roster, at least at this point, I think I can some degree of certainty that it's a better roster, top to bottom, we'll see who makes it, than the one that lost to Cleveland in January. Yeah, Maybe. Uh, now, now I'm the one who's not sure he wants to go that far, Stan. I, I, I think I think there is cause for optimism. I just think Buffalo is going to be a train wreck. I mean, now Cole Beasley is on the COVID list. I just think there's a lot of not being on the same page there. But let me stick with the offensive line. Is there a spot for Dan Moore Jr. on that offensive line even now as a rookie? Because he's graded well in the preseason. Uh, not at present. Um, but I do think that you're probably looking at the third tackle who comes in. You know, they, they've broken tackles in like that for a number of years, really going back to the days when Max Starks was here. Mike Adams did that. He didn't turn out so well. But I do think that Dan Moore, maybe more than Joe Haig, when they get short yardage, they will likely bring in Dan Moore to be that third tackle. That's usually the way they break young tackles in. Um, now they're working them on the right side. That tells you that's exactly what they have planned for them. Uh, again, uh, barring an injury to Banner, I think it's starting that way, but I don't think necessarily it would preclude the possibility if Banner's not up to snuff, then sooner rather than later they could make a change there. They definitely could get Dan Moore in there. Um, I, again, you know, maybe not this week, maybe not in September. Who knows? Maybe by mid-October if he's progressed enough. He might be your starting right tackle. Or maybe Banner gets hurt like he always does. We're talking to Stan exactly. Savin here on 105.9 The X. Stan, who's the number one tight end right now, Friermuth or Ebron? Right now it's Ebron. 
Um, but I think we're looking at one one A. I mean, I, I don't think. Uh, Boy, Stan, no wonder many... you don't think they're going to beat Buffalo. You're playing all the wrong guys. <laughs> um, I think they'll start out that way. Um, things change through the course of the season. Uh, I think Ebron is a drop away, a missed block away, or maybe more importantly, uh, not giving 100% trying to block somebody from being the second guy who comes. That's, you know, generally, um, now Najee's a different case, and Kendrick Green looks like a different case, but they don't throw those guys into the wolves. I do think they'll start the season in Buffalo with what you're seeing now, but I don't think that's etched in stone. Um, injuries aside, of course, that changes everything. But I do think, again, uh, if Ebron, and I'll get Ebron this, um, he threw on that Najee Harris pass and run uh, for how many yards that was, he threw a thunderous block. I mean, he came back and he threw a terrific block. He also made a good, solid block on an internal running play by Harris, about a seven, eight-yard game. He, he seems to show at least a willingness to attempt to do it. Um, but I think, again, eventually um, his position is not so etched in stone that he can get away with dropping passes and still be the tight end. He'll still play, but it just might be Friermuth who is listed as one. Well, we know who the third corner is not going to be, Stan. Antoine Brooks got cut. Who's the third corner going to be? James Pierre. Uh, and and I, I, you, you might look and say, well, uh, it's a matter of addition by subtraction. It's a matter of, well, there's nobody else. Um, James Pierre, I think, has played well. Um, his press conference today, and this is kind of stunning, it turns out that James Pierre is first cousin with Lamar Jackson, and Pierre said in his press conference that he's faster than Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson admits to that. Now, you know, if that were the case, then, you know, Ronaldo Nehemiah would have been in the NFL Hall of Fame. Uh, but I, I think that they really like the way he plays. I know that for a long time, the Steelers have always favored cornerback with size. The guy is 6'2", he's 190-plus, and he can run. Um, so I think there's your third corner right there. Uh, it looks like Watt's going to sign. What do they do with Tuit? Because they need Tuit, and it's been two months since Tuit's brother died. But, boy, you can't put grief on a timetable, can you? No, it's tough. Uh, and You know what, Mark? I'd be really hesitant to try to get inside to uh, the mind of a guy who has lost a dear family member. Uh, it affects people differently. Um, you've had experience with it. I certainly have. Um, it, it's hard. But um, the realities are that in the regular world, um, you know, at some point, you've got to get back to doing what you do. Uh, and, again, you know, when that point is, uh, I'm not sure. Um, I think the mere fact that they have longer-term Flanford to it is the fact that they did uh, extend his contract, although that was, you know, probably due more to salary cap issues, but they do need him. Um, I would say the one concern that I have, and I think a lot of their depth issues have been, if not solved, they've been resolved. Let's put it that way. Um, outside linebacker, big concern. Inside linebacker was a big concern. Those have been addressed. They seem to have some competent bodies on the offensive line. Um, clearly wide receiver, now tight end, not an issue. Uh, but I, I do think I wonder about defensive line. Um, I keep seeing Chris Warmley's going to make the team, uh, and I wonder why. Um, he's shown me nothing. Uh, I, I, I actually think 
that I mean, they, they like louder milk. They traded up to get him, uh, and they seem to like Carlos Davis as the nose tackle. Uh, but I kind of think that Isaiah Bugs has had a better preseason than Chris Wormley. Uh, so, uh, but let's put it this way: if Tuit is not back and back soon and not in regular season form, they've got an issue there. That is a decided drop off. Although it's worth noting that in the nickel, all that'll happen is instead of uh, Alu Alu coming off the field stand, he'll just stay on where Tuit would have been, and right. that's a drop. But I'm not sure it's a a grievous drop. Uh, can the Steelers run the ball? We 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 talked about the offensive line earlier, the tight end. Can they run the ball? How much faith do you have that they can with that line with Najee? And how confident are you they'll maintain that commitment? Uh, I think they'll maintain the commitment. I mean, it's the centerpiece of this offense. Uh, I read an interview and heard an interview with Matt Canada before training camp, and he said any offense that he's ever run, and granted that was in college, he's always been committed to the run because the the pass game, the motion pass game, is predicated on the ability to run the ball. Uh, you know, look, um, you know, that long pass um, that Mason Rudolph threw down the field to Eric Ebron, uh, was off play action uh, because they had run the ball marginally successfully um, or at least have the throw with Najee Harris. Um, uh, I, I believe that in the first half um, of their passing plays, nearly 40% were off play action. Now, again, they're not showing a whole lot to exhibition season and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, again, I think Najee Harris makes a difference. I mean, he doesn't supersede a horrible offensive line. Uh, granted, that's always the case. But I also think that unlike the backs they had last year, when and if there's a hole, he'll hit it, and he'll hit it on time. And also, if he manages to get through the hole, he's going to fall forward. And instead of getting two, he'll get four. Instead of getting four, he'll get seven. And that, to me, is how you measure an excellent running back. I thought Ben was really good on Saturday, Stan. Uh, but just as important, he was under center more. I feel like the offense and Ben are both moving in the right direction. Couldn't agree with you more, Mark. That's what I meant when I said that he appears to be in sync um, with the offense. That's a big part of the offense. Yeah, there I was kind of think... a crispness, wasn't there, that, that you don't yeah. always see from the 39-year-old quarterback playing his only quarter of exhibition football. Well, I mean, you saw on the one touchdown pass to Fryermuth. Not only did he throw, had that pump fake, but on that touchdown pass, he actually stepped over a prone defender who was on the ground. And he had the presence of mind to step over the guy, then pump fake, and then hit Friar move. Uh, will the deep ball be there for Ben? If he gets time, um, I think especially out of play action, I think especially uh, if he's lining up under center, um, he's got people who can get there. Um, he's got a number of people who can get there. Um, I, I don't see why not. Again, it's all based on the offensive line giving him protection. But I would also suggest that if you are somewhat efficient, they're not going to lead the league in rushing, but, and it doesn't take much to be better than they were last year. Uh, there's nowhere to go. Um, uh, if you're last in the NFL, maybe you drop into the Big 12. I don't know. Uh, but if you are indeed uh, giving defenses pause and you run a play fake, that helps your offensive line because the defensive linemen and the linebackers and even the DBs, they have to respect the run first. That's what defensive players are taught, to respect the run first. 
And if it's just that half second where they have to hesitate, there's that extra half second he needs to get the ball off and throw deeper patterns. Finally, Stan, uh, I think five teams are locked to make the playoffs in the AFC. Buffalo, Baltimore, Cleveland, Kansas City, and Tennessee. The Steelers play those five teams a total of seven times. What will their record be in those seven games, and what does it need to be if they're going to make the playoffs? Uh, I think that being realistic, um, and by the way, I mean, I, I don't think that they're any worse a shot than Tennessee is, by the way. Um, and, and frankly, I don't think they're any worse a shot than Baltimore is. I would say this, um, and it always depends not only who you play, but when you play them, uh, you know, who's got an injury, who's coming off a long road trip, whatever. I would say that if they're sitting there at three and four position, if they're four and three, maybe that's a stretch. If they're four and three, I think they're well on their way. Stan, I agree. I think if they're three and four in those seven games, they probably make the playoffs. Yep. That's what, what I'm thinking. Uh, and again, in what order, I don't know. I, I always believe this. Um, no matter who you are and who you're playing, um, unless you were the Browns three years ago, um, you're going to win a game that no one expected you to win. There you go, Mark. There's your Buffalo victory. And you're, and there's all too much experience with this. You're going to lose a game that you expected to win. Every team has that. And I, I don't know which ones, but you can bet that will happen. They win at Buffalo, Stan. Write it down. You heard it here. Thanks for joining me, Stan. Good stuff. All right, Mark. Thanks a lot. That is Stan Saverin, the godfather. He's brought to us by Armstrong, keeping you connected. Uh, Charlie Watts, the Rolling Stones drummer, dead at the age of 80. If you want to talk about Charlie and reminisce about the Stones, that would be great. Antoine Brooks Jr., who was penciled in as slot corner when training camp starts, he's been cut. He's been visited by the Turk. You can't help the club in the tub. The biggest ability is availability. All the cliches apply. But still a surprising a surprising cut when only five guys had to be cut today. It's the Mark Madden Show 105.9. How would you like to make history with the Foo Fighters? Yeah! Well, all right then. iHeartRadio wants to make it happen. Hey, everybody, it's further than you. Okay, so maybe it's a spoken dynamic. The X at 105.9. Now, Luger! You have got the distinction of being one of the big boys in this sport that is trying to take not my Mercedes, not my big house on the big side of town, not trying to take one of my women, but you're trying to take my baby. That's a good segue, because if you start the Nate Shop, he never does stop. That's the Daily Flare here on the X. We're mourning, but yet celebrating Rolling Stones founding member and drummer Charlie Watts, who passed away today at 80 years old. No word on whether or not the tour will still go on. It makes a stop at Heinz Field this fall. And Charlie wasn't scheduled to play anyway. Steve Jordan was scheduled to fill in, but... uh, I suspect the Stones will fill their commitments for this fall, and then that'll be it. That's what I suspect, but we'll see. That'll be emotional if they play without Charlie. That's for sure. It would have been one thing if he was at home, but it's another thing now that Charlie's passed, so Charlie Watts, RIP. Uh, We talked a little bit ago about 
the difficult situation the Steelers have with Stephon Tuitt, who isn't participating in practice. He's still grieving the death of his brother in June. That's a difficult tightrope for the Steelers to walk. You can't be insensitive. You can't put a timetable out of motion, but the Steelers need to it. He's under contract. He's scheduled to earn $9 bucks. I just don't know what they do or what they say or what they expect when it comes to how they deal with this Tuitt situation. Uh, also, in Arizona, Larry Fitzgerald, ex of Pitt, great wide receiver, says he doesn't feel the urge to play right now. Now, Fitz has played 17 years in the league, definite Hall of Famer, one of the classiest athletes to ever play any sport. But if I'm Arizona, I'm like, what the frick? Don't have the urge? Indecision makes it tough on coaches and teammates. It's not being fair to anybody but yourself. But that said to it, and Fitzgerald have earned the benefit of the doubt. Now, if it's just a dodge to avoid training camp, like T.J. Watt with his quote-unquote contract negotiations, that I get. As Fitzgerald said, any NFL player who says he likes training camp is telling you a bold-faced lie, unquote. But I'm wondering about it. Will he play at all this season? I really wonder. Now, they can get by without Tuit for a bit as long as neither Hayward nor Alualu gets hurt or fatigued. Because like we talked about with Stan, the Steelers are going to use their sub packages, the nickel and the dime. They're going to be in those about two-thirds of the time total. If Tuit is unavailable, Alualu stays on the field in sub packages instead of coming off, and he's more than adequate. Chris Wormley, who Stan said has not had a good camp, he takes Tuit play in the basic 3-4 unless... Uh, Unless uh, Laudermilk jumps in there. Although Laudermilk unnerves me because he has two H's in a row at the end of his first name, Isaiah. It's kind of weird. Uh, let's go to Curtis in New York. Curtis, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. Uh, I just was curious what you thought about uh, Kalen Balazs' performance so far in the preseason and if you think he's going to have a role this year. I think he's probably the number three back behind... Uh, Najee and McFarland. Why? What role would you be suggesting? I thought he's played pretty well this preseason, and McFarland hasn't really shown us much last year and so far. So I thought maybe he'd slide into that two role. Okay, but how much is the number two running back going to play or carry the ball? Tomlin's philosophy's always been to take his number one back and run him until the wheels fall off. Now, what would make you think that it matters? You know, whether Balage and McFarland are. 2-3 or 3-2 when that's Thomas' philosophy. How much is the number two guy going to get in there? Well, you're absolutely right about that. That has always been his philosophy. I just like the way he's played so far this preseason. But, I, think they uh, would trend to t- I think they would tend to trust McFarland a little more because he's already been there. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not blowing off what you're saying. I'm impressed by Balazs. But yeah. I still think McFarland... Like, I think it was McFarland's job to lose, the number two job, and he didn't. Same thing with Mason Rudolph as the number two quarterback. It was his job to lose, and he did not. Okay, in just a moment, we're going to make fun of Urban Meyer. We got the greatest on hold. We'll get to him in a second. It's the Mark Madden Show here on 105.9 The X. 
Abby on the X. Cute babies are everywhere. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on the X at 105.9. Now, your chance.